0: You all may be seated. You all may be seated. Tonight we're going to spend some time reflecting on love. Um, Love is is one of the pieces of Advent, the the fourth Sunday of Advent. We're going to um, just sit in this moment um, and just kind of try and wrap our minds around what love is and one of the things that love does. Love does causes us to do a lot of things. Some of those things are a little crazy and maybe not, not good, right? Love can um, make us do things, kind of take, take us over, and all of a sudden we're doing things we're like, wait, why am I doing this again? Um, but love can also compel us to do a lot of, a lot of great things. One of the things that, that love does is it compels us to give, Uh, We give gifts um, out of love, and we're going to kind of wrestle with this idea a bit this evening, Um, and we're going to do it through a text, one of the most famous uh, passages of Scripture of all time, maybe the most, not maybe, the most famous passage of Scripture of all time. Uh, Most of you know it, John 3.16. Most of you might might even know it by heart, and you can quote it and recite it, Um, but here's what it says at the beginning of John 3.16. It says, for God so loved. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, God, the Almighty, Holy, all-powerful, creating, worthy, righteous God, so loved, so adored, was so affectionately desirous of the world it's you and me, humanity, who' so affectionately desirous of you, that He gave. He gave. Love in giving are inextricably linked. They are two things that are intertwined. When we love, it results in the giving and receiving of gifts. How how many little kids in the room? How many little kids are here? How many kids in the room? How many of you are going to receive a gift tomorrow? How many of you you guys are going to open a present? How many kids are going to open a present tomorrow? Some of you are not children, all right? Um, I'm just saying. I'm saying some of you might be on the naughty list now. 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 Here's the deal. How many parents in the room, how many people in the room have uh, purchased a gift, how many adults in the room have purchased a gift for someone that they're going to open tomorrow? How many of you guys have purchased a gift? Now how many of you have purchased a gift for somebody that you absolutely cannot stand? Like you just cannot stand them. Uh, They are like your worst enemy. I see like two hands. Are they sitting next to you? (laughs) Awkward. Super awkward. No, right? We, We buy gifts for people that we love. It's just it's just how it is, right? There's a lot of people in our lives that we care about, right? Um, but the people that we care about most are the ones that are going to be opening presents from us tomorrow, right? We have other family members that might not open a present from me tomorrow. I have deep friends that are going to open a fr- present for me tomorrow, but I have other friends that maybe won't open a fr- present for me tomorrow, right? It's it's not that I dislike them or um, disdain them, but it's just that that they're. There's some people that are really, really close to me, and those are the ones that I'm going to spend time and energy and effort and even monetary, I'm going to spend money on them. I'm going to buy them a, a present, and you are going to do the same. Why? Because we love them. And the measure of love reflects the gift that we give, right? The measure of love reflects the gift that we give right? Fellas, gentlemen in the room, right? When you love someone so much, you love a woman so much and you want to declare that you want to spend the rest of your life with them, you want them to know how much you love them, you give them a... Never mind. Ladies, ladies, when a man, okay, when a man loves you more than anything in the world, more than life itself, and he wants to declare that to you, he wants to, he wants to spend the rest of his life with you, what does he give you? Diamonds. See how that works, fellas? You're like, well, a uh, sweater? I don't know. No, a diamond. That's what we do, okay? A diamond. This is what men do. We save up all our money. Like we spend our college years eating ramen and starving ourselves so that we can save up money. And then we take all this money that we were, that in our minds, we thought, oh, I'm going to buy something cool with this. No, we, we blow it all on one thing, one ring. And to declare to this woman, to this person, we say, man, I love you more than all the money in my bank account. I love you more than anything that I have. I love you more than life itself. I want you to know that. And so I give you this ring. Will you marry me? Will you spend the rest of your days with me? The measure of love is directly linked to the worth of the gift. it doesn't have to be a monetary worth, right? It could be something that you spend an incredible amount of time making or fashioning. It could be something deeply creative that you've you've really thought through. It could be something very sentimental, something that's been in your family for generations, right? You're not just going to give that away to anybody, right? You're not going to give away that precious family heirloom that's been in your family for generations and generations and generations. It's like, hey, hey, person, I don't know. Here, you want this? Like, that's not how that works, you give that to the person who you know is going to care for it and trust, that you can trust with it, but you also give it to the person whom you love. You give it to the person that you love. Grandparents. How many grandparents in the room? Who do you buy the most gifts for? You don't have to tell me. I know. Yeah, I know. Because there's something happening. Listen, we, we, just had, we, just had, we have two kids now, um, and I used to get all the presents. Not anymore, right? Because uh, nobody, loves, nobody loves a kid like grandma and grandpa, Right? The, the measure in the amount of love is direct is directly linked to the measure and the amount and the worth of the gift. My point is this. In John 3.16, when it says that God forgot so loved the world that he gave, what it's communicating is that the God of the universe, I, I believe with all my heart that we are here tonight to celebrate. That the God of the universe has given the most precious gift that's ever been given. A gift of the greatest worth and the greatest value. And what that means, if that's true, if we are here, if we've all gathered here tonight to celebrate that God has given us a gift, a gift that is beyond all measure and all value and all worth, right? What that means is he loves you more than anyone else has ever loved you. He treasures you, and is more affectionately desirous of you than anyone else in your life, more than your spouse, more than your kids, more than your mom, more than your dad, more than grandma and grandpa. The God of the universe loves you, and he gave us a gift that is invaluable, the most precious gift, the greatest gift ever given. What did he give us? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his son for you. The holy almighty God has extended to you and to me his son. And for some of you, I just want you to hear this tonight, and this is maybe all that you need to hear, and you can just tune the rest out. You are not cheap to him. I don't know what 2017 has looked like for you. I don't know if it's been a a hard year, a year that you've had to struggle and wrestle through things, a year where you have had to suffer through some things, maybe you've experienced some loss this year, and maybe you came into this room tonight on the arm of a friend or on the arm of a family member, and you're like, man, I just feel like God is far from me, that God doesn't value me. Let me tell you something, man, we are here tonight to remind ourselves that you are not sheep to him. That he values you more than you can begin to wrap your mind around. He values you. He loves you so much that he gave you his only begotten son. He gave that to you. You are not cheap to the king of kings. You are of great worth and great value. He loves you enough to give you the greatest gift that he could possibly give you. He gave us his only begotten son. Now, what on earth does that actually mean? Because, because here's the deal. If I can just be honest with you, um, I have two little boys. Um, one is one is going to be four years old next month. In a month, his name's Winston. The other one is six years old or six months old. Sorry, he's six months old. We just had him this year, um, and his name's Haddon. Haddon, this week, has been up all night, two nights in a row, um, just come totally sick. Can I say it? vomiting on Christmas Eve? He's just been like projectile vomiting two nights in a row. Uh, God bless my wife. She bore, she bore the brunt of that. My other one, Winston, who's almost four, he has one volume, loud, okay? Like literally, I was sitting back there, and I could hear him while you all were singing, I'm like, dude, I can hear him from the, oh my gosh, that kid, right? Now, here's the deal. I love them. They're amazing. They're great. I wouldn't trade them for anything in the world. But let me tell you what I don't want for Christmas, another one. <laughs> I, just, I just don't. Some of, you, some of you have kids that are in college and you're like, oh, please No. Please, I'm paying that bill, and I just don't need it. Some of you have teenagers, and you're like, oh, no, no, no. We are done with that. We're done with that. Like, well, I don't need that anymore. I'm I'm good, thanks, right? Um, And so what am I going to do with the gift of a child? Here's the deal. This gift, this gift, the only begotten son, the one that he loves more than you can begin to fathom, this child, was not given to you so that you can take care of him. He was given to you so that he could take care of us. This child was not given to us so that we could take care of him, so that we could be burdened by him and stressed out when they're sick and crying and tired or when they're really like He wasn't given so that we could take care of him. He was given so that he could take care of you and me that he could bring to you the thing that you need more than you need anything else in the world. What is that? John tells us. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, and whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life, life everlasting. The child born, Christmas, was born to bring you eternal life. And in order to do so, he must die. The baby was born to die. Some may say, you know, Jesus, Jesus came. Uh, Jesus came to teach us. He did teach us, but that's not why he came. He could have done that from heaven. Jesus came to uh, know our sorrows and identify with our weaknesses. Absolutely not. He did, but that's not why he came. The baby came to die. That is the only reason he came. He came because there's a punishment due to you and me, a penalty due to you and me. that penalty is death. And he says, man, I love you so much. I want to take that penalty from you. But there's a problem. God cannot die. And so God put on flesh. He became like you. He became like me so that he could die in your place and in mine. The baby was born to die for you. This is a hard thing for us to understand, this idea of death showing love. If you're a regular here at Flourishing Grace, you've heard me talk about it before. It's something that I struggled with with for a long time in my life. How in the world, how does death show love, right? If if I tell my wife, if I say, Desiree, I love you so much. I just want you to see how much I love you. I just want to show you how much I love you. I love you more than anything in the world. And so I climb up on the roof and I throw myself off. Where's the love, people? Where's the love in that? There's no love in that. That's weird, man. That's strange. Who does that? You see, there's something true about when death shows love. There's two things that are true every single time. Every single time death shows love, there are two things that are true. The person being loved is in danger, and the person who loves them dies rescuing them. Every single time death shows love, the person being loved is in danger, and the person who loves them dies trying to rescue them. If my wife Desiree is walking across A busy, crowded street, and there's a bus coming towards her out of control, and Des doesn't see the bus coming, and I run out, and I push her out of the way, and I get hit by the bus. Everybody says, man, he loved his wife. You can think of a million different examples in your mind. You can think through it over and over and over and over again. It doesn't matter every single time. Those two things are true. The person who being loved is in danger of something, and the person who loves them, the person who loves them, dies trying to rescue them. We're walking down a dark alley, and someone pulls out a gun. And is like, give me all your money. I push Des out of the way, and I take the bullet. Everyone says, he loves his wife. She was in danger. I stepped in to rescue, and I took the bullet. Every single time. And so what this means, the question that we must ask, what are we in danger of? If the child, if Jesus came to die, if God put on flesh to bear the cross, if that's where atonement happens, and I'm not going to argue, it absolutely must It cannot happen anywhere else. It must happen at the end when he says it's finished, when he breathes his last. It happens there and nowhere else. Death is the only thing that could rescue us because the punishment was death. What were we in danger of? You see, at the beginning of time, humanity stumbled and fell, and we became broken before God. We chose ourselves over him. We rejected his way and we refused to worship him. When we began to worship ourselves, we said, man, this thing's going to be better for me. This way is going to be better for me. If, if I pursue these things, if I build my own kingdom and fashion my own wants and my own dreams, that's what's actually going to fulfill. And we turned away from God and we turned towards ourselves. And we rejected a holy, almighty, blameless, perfect God who is, friends, who is perfectly just. And one who is perfectly just cannot allow your egregious wickedness to go unpunished. And so he says there's a penalty for that. There's a punishment for that. But God is also perfectly loving. In fact, the same author here, John, a few chapters later, John 15, he says God is love. At his core, it's who he is. He is perfectly just, but he's also perfectly loving. He says, I love you so much. I will step in. I I will step in and I will take that punishment. I will take that penalty. I will become a human to bear the punishment for humanity. I will go to the cross and I'll bleed the ground red. I will clothe you in my own righteousness and I'll clothe myself in your sin and brokenness. I'll bear it for you. I can solve this. I can fix what you have broken. I can make straight what you have bent. I can put back into place what you've put out of place. The love of Christmas is a love that rescues. It's a love that rescues. And what have you and what have I done to deserve this love? Nothing. Nothing. Isaiah says, our most righteous acts are as filthy rags before him. Nothing. John 3.16, right? He says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son that whoever does all the right things. Whoever gets all of their ducks in a row, whoever makes the most money, whoever has the best job, no. Whoever just simply believes in him. Eternal life. Has everlasting life. What have you done? Nothing. You've done nothing to earn this favor. And this is hard for us because this is not how we love. I asked you earlier how many of you bought a present for somebody you absolutely cannot stand? Everybody's like, not me. We don't do this, it doesn't compute. Even Santa has a list and he's checking it twice, man. Like the nicest guy in the world is still checking it twice. In our house, we have a new thing, and I love this new thing. Um, My mother in law is from Switzerland. She's Swiss. She was born and raised in Switzerland. And in uh, and, and here, what I was always taught growing up is that Santa, if you're nice, brings you toys, and if you're naughty, brings you coal, right? You guys heard that before, right? That's, that's what we do. Not in Switzerland. No, 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 no. Santa's always nice. He's always nice. He only brings toys. In Switzerland, they have another guy who brings the coal, and his name's Schwastepeta, Okay? Now, I'd never heard this before. And all of a sudden, she starts talking about this, that this is what her mom taught her when she was a little girl. Um, and, and, and here's the thing. I thought three things. First of all, Schwastepäde in, in Swiss German, and German means Black Peter. I thought three things. I thought, A, unbelievably racist. Okay? Like, where, who came up with that? Um, second, horribly biblically inaccurate. And it just doesn't make any sense. And three, terrifying. And so I used it. I'm like... Winston, guess what? If you are not good, Swastapeta is going to get you, boy. Like literally last night, last night we are at the, the Luminaria and there's like this old gnarly wooden door and Winston's like, what's behind the door, dad? I'm like, Swastapeta, you better watch out, right? He's like, okay, sweet. Let's go see what that's all about. Like, that's his attitude. He's like, let's go look, dad. Um, right, it's, listen, we have created all kinds of things that measure our worth and value so that we can decide who is worthy of our love. Praise the name. Praise the name of the almighty, holy, blameless God, because he has not done that with you. He's not done that with you. If he had, none of us would be in this room right now. We would have been destroyed a long time ago. The Almighty, Holy, Blameless God measures our worth and our value, measures our wrongs and our rights, measures all of our righteous acts, and he says, filthy rags, worthless, meaningless. But I love you more than you'll ever begin to understand. So he was became a man. He was born a baby, laid in a manger born to die for you and for me. The question, church, the question, friends, what do we do with this gift? What are we going to do with this gift? And and here's the deal. The gift is Christ. What are we going to do? At the beginning, I asked the guys the question. They couldn't get it right, so I asked the ladies, "What, what, what do you do? What does a man get a woman When he wants to spend the rest of his life with her, what what does he give her? What does he give her when he wants to declare that he loves her more than anything in the world? What does he give her? A ring, a diamond ring. What does the woman do? Does the woman put the ring on her finger and say, this is amazing, this is the greatest thing ever. I will never stop looking at this and just walk away and leave him there on one knee? Go show her friends, go show her family, post it on social media, post it on Facebook and never come back to him? Maybe I'll see you in a year. I just got to go take some time to just reflect on this. This is amazing. This is the coolest thing. Now, puts it on her finger and quickly her gaze moves from the beauty of the ring, the giver of the ring. She says, yes, y- yes, I-, I love you more than anything in the world. I love you more than this ring. This ring is cheap. This ring is cheap compared to you. She fixes her gaze right on him and says, man, I want to wrap my life around your life. I want to draw near to you. I want to to get to know you more than I know anyone else in the world. I want to spend the rest of my days drawing nearer to you. Friends, Christ has given you a gift. Far greater than any ring, far greater than anything that you'll receive tomorrow, far greater than anything that you ever have received or ever will receive, He has given you a gift. God so loved you, He gave Himself for you. He bled on the cross for you. He died for you because He loves you so much. Lift your gaze to Him. Give your life to Begin. Maybe tonight is the night you begin a flourishing relationship with Him. Maybe tonight's the night that you turn back and you restart, you rebegin a flourishing relationship with Him. Maybe tonight's the night you take another step closer to Him and you say, Jesus, I, tomorrow morning, I don't want anything. I don't care about presents. I don't care about fame. I don't care about anything. I just want more of You. This is the moment. I want to give my life to You. I want to wrap my life around Your life. I want to devote myself to Your Word, to prayer, to drawing nearer to You. I treasure you far more than any other gift. I treasure you far more than even eternal life. And for some of you, that might might take you a minute to say, I would give everything. I would give everything. I would give up eternal life if I could just know Christ a little bit more. Do you treasure him? Is he your greatest treasure? What have you begun to value over him? Tonight, are you going to put on the ring and be like, yes, Christmas, and then just walk away? You're like, oh, I'll be back later. Like a few months, maybe a year, maybe a few years, I'll be back later. Or tonight, are you going to say, no, 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 every moment of every day is now yours. You are my greatest treasure. Church, my prayer is that you would understand the worth and value that God has for you, that you would understand the worth and the value of the gift that he has given you. And that would totally wreck every ounce of your life, that you'd be ruined for anything less than to spend your days with him. Let me pray for you. Jesus, tonight we gather to declare the glory and the fame of the most high God. It was a, the night was holy because you are holy. You are blameless, you are good, you are right. And what was blameless and good and right and perfect came to die for those who are not. Those who are ashamed and wicked and broken, you stepped into our place. So tonight we lift our voices and we sing truth to the King of Kings. We declare that you are holy, you're good. Create in us. Create in the men and women in this room. Create in them a greater treasure. A treasuring of Christ alone. I pray these things in your name. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Why don't you all stand? We're going to sing some more Christmas carols together. Now.